Hey everybody, welcome in to another edition of Bold Predictions brought to you by us at Inside Nebraska. Um, the Huskers are going to try to get back uh, into the win column or get into the win column, I should say, after an 0-1 start, little uh, Dublin debacle, as I call it. Uh, how are we feeling, boys, after one week of, the, of a devastating loss and then just sort of, I guess, the fallout from the last week? Um, it, it's been a week. <laughs> it's definitely been um, some trying times over on the old insiders board. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see. We're, we're rolling with it. Yeah, it was, I, I, uh, uh, it was Steve, you go. Yeah, it, it's just a, a not a great vibe right now around town. I don't even think like it's the home opener and, and nobody it's just like I know I know they're playing like North Dakota and FCS program, but boy, last weekend's loss just put a damper on everything, I, I feel like. Yeah, should we be surprised by that result? I'm not sure. There hasn't there hasn't been a lot of juice like there has been, like Steve mentioned, building up to this home opener. And I mean, I think we more than other media members put in more emphasis on the Northwestern game and others were like, eh, there's 11 more games to go. Uh, I don't think you can overemphasize how important a season opener can be considering it's a conference opponent and where in the past, this team has not been able to gain any momentum early on in any of their seasons. And that came to fruition once again with the loss last Saturday. So I'm interested to see what the response is and how much, I guess, satisfaction they can give the media and fans with their performance or even more panic uh, after the Saturday as we go more towards the season. Yeah, that's the interesting part of it is, uh, like you just said, Jeff, I'm like, I don't know how much we're going to necessarily learn about this team. I mean, they if they come out and they're just lights out, hair on fire, and they're just dominant in the first quarter, first half, and it's over by halftime, like, all right, at least that's like a small step of of confidence. It shows like, all right, they're going to come out and um, and have the mentality to bounce back. But if this game's close, if this game's close into the third quarter, uh, then uh, like Greg was saying yesterday, you're going to start hearing the groans. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, it, like you said, it, it, it is just one game, but it's not just one game, the Northwestern right. one. I mean, I think it would be disingenuous to, uh, after the fact, just kind of log it away as, oh, it's just one game when, uh, it wasn't just us putting so much emphasis on the game, the, the game's importance. I mean, the players themselves were too. Uh, I know Nick Heinrich uh, is just one example uh, in the preseason was talking about how focused they are, how it's a business trip because they know how big of a game it is. And they, they know how um, after last season's week zero loss, like how things can uh, sort of um, like they felt the pain, I guess, the hurt of that loss. And then that was um that was one reason why they put so much weight into this one. And then it feels like the same, sort of the same vibe. So I'm very interested to see this week more than anything, more than um, just any individual performance. I'm interested to see how, I guess, collectively they bounce back after. Um, so being just, it was just a devastating loss. There's really no uh, way around it, but they do have the chance to bounce back. We got 11 more of these things. They really do have that chance, but I think the context of, oh no, here we go again, same old, same old, um, definitely puts a wrench into things. So with that in mind, they do have a chance to bounce back and uh, we are going to be getting bold here today in our, uh -oh. our preview analysis of it. Um, that's, I was telling them before they came on, I think uh, 
we're all sort of we're all sort of in the same boat of what we expect to happen, um, at least off- from an offensive standpoint. So with that being said, Steve, <laughs> what is your first bowl prediction? Okay, so I, I wanted to kind of look back at last season and, and last season's lone FCS opponent that Nebraska played. It was against the Fordham Rams. Um, it was a big win for Nebraska, 52 to 7. And I think um, there's going to be a lot of similarities there. So for my one bold prediction, I'm going to go with Trey Palmer. We'll have 10 catches for 130 receiving yards and one touchdown. Now, I, I, I go with Trey Palmer because last year's um, transfer, uh, a transfer receiver that Nebraska had Samari Toure. He had, um, have it written down here, eight catches for 133 yards. And it was just a big game from him. He was obviously the best receiver on the field that day. And I think Trey Palmer has an opportunity um, to be exactly that um, on Saturday for Nebraska against uh, North Dakota. So um, yeah, uh, Trey Palmer, 10 catches, 130 yards and one touchdown. Yeah, wouldn't be out of the question. I mean, he had 13 targets last week. I think yep. I think we're kind of in agreement. Travis Vokalek is that sort of that favorite, um, probably the favorite target in terms of just reliability. I think we were talking about Especially that. Especially on third down. Yeah, yep. third down. Exactly. Um, and then Trey Palmer's right alongside because I mean 13 targets, and I think I think the next highest was like seven or eight, maybe. No, I maybe Marcus Washington might have had 13, but Marcus was up there. Yeah. yeah, he didn't but, have as much as 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 much success, and obviously Trey had the two drops. But um, whether you chalk that up to first game jitters, playing four thousand miles away in a foreign country, I don't know. But I don't expect Trey to have that. I don't, I don't expect expect there to be a lot of drops with Trey Palmer. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that first drop was on like the second play of the game, so just yes, like nothing <laughs> before you settle in. So, Greg, yep. uh, what's your what's your first one that we got here? Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to continue the theme of the passing game, like you said, uh, kind of having a, a, an explosion. And I'm curious on why we all think that that might not be great uh, for the run game. Great news for that. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to go with Nebraska having a pair of 100 yard receivers and for my extra credit because we talked about getting extra credit right so i'm, I'm gonna go for it and lay it out there uh if there's extra credit to be had i'm gonna go with trey palmer um and isaiah garcia castaneda as the two guys uh that both reach 100 yard receiving uh for nebraska on saturday yeah and speaking of that boldness because jeff uh went with the tommy hill like game ceiling interception on the far uh far hash and everything <laughs> And I swear during the uh, the fourth quarter, well, whenever it was 28, 24, um, I was thinking about it, that started going in my mind. I'm like, if Tommy Hill uh, snags an interception here on the far side, because I think there was a play where they threw it that way. I'm like, no way is that going to happen. And then obviously it didn't, but it looks like uh, it looks like there's an opportunity for it. Cause I think he had like a pass breakup. When they threw he it, had a pass breakup. Yes. Yeah. That's Northwestern. When Northwestern wanted to run a fake screen. And so they had like a guy act like he was going to block and then take off to the far sideline. And Tommy Hill was right there. He got the PBU. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jeff almost called that thing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeff, what's, uh, what, what do you got for us this time? Anything as uh, bold and specific as that? 
Well, first, I want to say that none of us knew our predictions beforehand with us sticking to the past. <laughs> um, and two, I'm glad the board elevated me from boob status after my bold prediction <laughs> from uh, last week. So um, I'll stick with the boldness here this week. I'm going to stick with the passing game. I'm saying the two teams combined for at least 550 yards of passing um, on Saturday. So 275 average from each team, which I think is very much in the realm of possibility. Um, I like what Nebraska did in the passing game last week against Mark Whipple. I think they're going to do more run game emphasis, but I think Whipple's first instinct is to go through the air, and we saw that last week, and I think they're going to stick with it. Um, but I also think with North Dakota, a couple of things. One is that their best player is not coming from the running back group. Otis Way, All-American last year for him. He's gone, and the two best players on the offense is quarterback Tommy Schuster and wide receiver Garrett Mag. The Mag is bigger. He's going to match up well with uh, Nebraska's corners. Um, so I think in, for an FCS team to come in and win against a Power 5 opponent, they have to rely and lean on their star players, and that's Mag and Schuster. And I think another aspect that could help my bold prediction is garbage time passing yards, because that could be a thing down the stretch. You're going to have those second, third stringers in for Nebraska, and I think you could pile up some yards there for North Dakota. Yeah, I mean, I think you're hitting on you're hitting on the same point I wanted to I wanted to touch on. And again, yeah, we uh, I was the only one who knew of the, each one's bold predictions, but I had the same one coming in uh, as far as the passing game uh, because mine is another one on Casey Thompson. Um, I have him. Uh, I'm predicting him to uh, pass for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and I honestly, I don't even know if it's that bold considering what he just did uh, with 355. I think was the number last week and 355 and a touchdown. Um, I just, like Jeff said, like you want to get the run game established. That's been a huge talking point, obviously all week, but Mark Whipple came in here and we know what he's about. He is going to want to pass it up. He's going to want to attack through the air. That's his MO. And I think that's why you bring in a guy like that to sort of evolutionize this Nebraska offense. And I don't, after all week, after last week, I just don't know if I can feel confident predicting any sort of big run game or, uh, I mean, you would expect them to try and use this as a, as a momentum builder in the run game. But also it's something that we were talking about yesterday is they have five running backs listed as RB one. And that competition is still, still seems like it's ongoing. I think uh, it, it feels like the first three games of the year was sort of the plan to let that competition play out. Um, see who the top two or three guys are who emerged but they haven't done that yet that hasn't been locked in so it I still see some like continuity maybe I don't know if issues is the right word but I just don't see like any continuity with um with who's going to be taking the snaps or at least I don't feel confident predicting it and I don't know if that might lead to more uh, inconsistency they should in theory be able to run over an FCS team and grind it out but and, and maybe they do maybe they wind up going for just destroying in the run game and make and barely touching the pass game and that makes this entire first 12 minutes of the bull predictions podcast like oh well I guess we didn't log that away but <laughs> right now I just still I still feel more comfortable if I'm making a prediction about this offense going with the pass game so that's my first one uh Steve you uh you got a second passing game one, or are you going you going a different route? No, I'm going to go a different route. I I my second bold prediction is that North Dakota is going to throw 
um, a uh, wide receiver pass for a first down. Now I say that because uh, all the coaches talked about last year's game at Utah State, North Dakota went to Utah State. They punched him in the mouth early. It looked pretty good. They were leading 21 to seven um, against a pretty good Utah State team in the first half before they absolutely got trounced in the second half and lost. But um, when they had things rolling in the first half against Utah State, they were pulling out all the stops. They had a, a fake reverse wide receiver pass that went for a touchdown. Um, I think that um, Nebraska's defense um, didn't have that great of, report, uh, of a performance last week against uh, Northwestern and with the FCS team with nothing to lose coming to Lincoln. They're going to have a lot of fans in Memorial Stadium. They're going to give their fans a show and they're going to have a trick play and it's going to go for a, a first down. Well, hopefully it's not an end around play. You know how that works out. Last week with, uh, was it Trey Palmer was uh, the end around? That was uh, way too late in the game to be doing that. They yeah. gave to the yeah, short side like, of the field. Like that was just a weird, that's a weird place. They gave Trey a good, a good jet sweep and he, he ran for a first down and got a late hit um, penalty. But yeah, that one in the uh, fourth quarter, oof, that was not, that was not a good one. Um, it was all. not not one of Whipple's ge- was a genius moment. Scott Frost said that he was a genius play caller. That was not one of them. And an elite, he's a genius and elite play caller. Yeah, was, maybe he was throwing a little sugar his way after you know collaboration and whatever it was <laughs> over the right. weekend. So, Greg, we have, we predicted any any trick plays from you, or what? You, what do you got? <laughs> uh, no trick plays for me, but this would be a cruel trick on Nebraska fans, uh, because my second one is, is that this is still a game going into the second half. Um, I, I don't <laughs> want to get. I, I thought about going oddly specific and saying what it's still a game means. I'll leave that up to interpretation and let that be kind of a feel. Uh, but I do predict that we get those groans that we talked about in the crowd um, early on in. This this game like I just don't as much as we've talked about the passing game and that being something that can eventually help Nebraska separate and I do think that they'll put up nice passing numbers I think that Nebraska may still show an inability to really move the line of scrimmage in this game um, which would spell big trouble for them down the road but we'll get there when we come to it um, but yeah I, I, my, my second one is that Nebraska North Dakota still a game in the second half and then Nebraska pulls away a little because when I get to my score prediction yeah, I think uh, I'm going to save my thoughts on that as well for my score prediction. So, uh, Jeff, what do you got? I'm going to go to the running game here for Nebraska quick. And I don't know how bold you put this in, but I'm going to say that all five of the running backs that were uh, as the running back one, all those oars on the depth chart, all of them at least get one carry throughout this game. I think uh, obviously we mentioned the run game is giving an emphasis and I think they're going to want to try and get those guys. Uh, Coach Frost mentioned uh, earlier this week that they want to get Gabe and Ramir back uh, going in that running back rotation. So I think we see all five of those running backs get a carry. They need to do it because I think it's going to be really, really concerning if they can't establish a run game in this this one against North Dakota. Because you got to remember with these group of five and FCS teams, especially on the defensive line, they're smaller. I don't think their training is as good. And if they can't move the ball against them, it's going to be a long, long year against some of these uh, lines that they'll take on in the Big Ten. You know, what's interesting, real quick, Zach, what's interesting on that, though, is that it may not seem that bold, but it feels like we always have a game where, or a a time where, hey, we've heard about player X all throughout fall camp, and then they disappear. It happened again in week week zero um, out in Ireland. So it wouldn't be totally shocking if this coming week, 
Anthony Grant doesn't play at all. Like, would any of us be that shocked? I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think that he is still RB1, but that would not be completely shocking. So I don't think that that's, you know, as safe as it might appear on the surface. Yeah, and that's why when uh, when I think it was Jeff who made the Ramir Johnson or someone made a Ramir Johnson or maybe it was uh, Greg talking about Gabe Irvin um, last week when it's like, yeah, we have all the evidence that supports a prediction like that, but then boom, game starts and keeps going on and you don't see that player. It's like, all right, well, we were told all, all throughout the offseason about what uh, this specific player, uh, how he's improved and everything. And, um, and then it just doesn't happen. Um, to, uh, to sort of round out, though, here with bold predictions, um, uh, what my last, uh, when I was covering Ohio State, and we did these bold predictions. Uh, it was a running joke because Ohio State had not returned a punt for a touchdown since I think it had been, it had definitely been over a decade um, or nearly a decade since they returned a, a punt return for a touchdown. So every week, uh, my former coworker, Austin Ward, who is now with uh, the publisher of the Ohio State rival site, Dotting the Eyes. So that's a little plug for the zero people out there watching this Nebraska podcast to go and uh, check out that that site. But he would always predict a punt return for a touchdown, no, uh, pretty much no matter what, and he was never right, ever. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and be wrong about this one and just to kind of suffer points just so I can get an inside joke out there. I predict Trey Palmer to return a punt for a touchdown against North Dakota. And honestly, like with us, uh, special teams, I, I feel like that's an area where, I mean, you're supposed to outmatch an FCS opponent in every area, but especially a uh, punt return team where it's athlete on athlete, you get the best athletes on both sides of the ball. Um, they're the best athletes out there for those uh, 11 spots on a special teams unit. So I feel like there should be an opportunity for that. And I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll make my first special teams return touchdown prediction here so shout out to you Austin I know you're not watching or listening but uh I'll, I'll let you know about it later I'm, I'm gonna tweet this to him <laughs> yeah all right now we gotta we gotta wrap up here with final score predictions so real quick Steve what uh what we got yeah um 51 to 17 Nebraska okay oh yeah real quick um the the line right now is Nebraska minus 22 and a half and the total is set at 52. So I was oh, trying dang. to do a quick math in my head. <laughs> 35. He's got him. Steve's got him hitting the, the over. What do I not know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're predicting, a. I guess they're expecting something along the lines of like 35, 17, where 18 point game closer to the line, that would be hitting the total right on the money. So, um, yeah, I, uh, you, you know, nervous just now, look, Steve. Looking, yeah, I am curious right now, but uh, just looking at North North Dakota's defense, um, they bring back a 28-game starter at corner. He's been an all-conference player, uh, C.J. Siegel. Um, really good, I think, but um, there's not a lot of experience on the other side at corner. There's not a lot of experience at safety. Um, there's one returning linebacker, inside linebacker coming back. I could see, I, I'm expecting a big passing game from Casey Thompson in the offense. Um, so I'm, I'm not really seeing that, but obviously Vegas is Vegas and they know a lot more than me. So we will see, I guess. But they were wrong last week. 
Yeah, we all were. Yeah, was just, yeah, <laughs> right. that up. we all were wrong. Sorry, sorry. sorry. We're going to be wrong a lot on this podcast. I hope people know it's called. Yeah, Luke like that's yeah. I called lukewarm predictions, but anyway, go with uh, go ahead now with that newfound information, Greg. What's uh what's your final score prediction? All right, so my my lukewarm uh final score then is Nebraska thirty four, North Dakota twenty one. Um, I a little lower scoring um than Steve has it. I I still think that you'll see both. I do think and agree with Jeff that you'll see both teams move the ball well through the air. Um, which one of those keys will be if Nebraska can be disruptive in that um pass rush game, which we didn't see at all um in week zero against Northwestern. So if they get that cranked up, that'd be encouraging. Um, but I do, like I said earlier, I think this game, I think it's still a game when we get to the second half, but Nebraska will pull away. Casey Thompson has kind of the reverse and he flips it, flips the switch on, gets hot late, and then Nebraska pulls away 34-21. Yeah, Jeff, are you along those same lines? Or are you uh, are you expecting a blowout? Yeah, I'm a little interested on that Vegas line because uh, uh, my prediction is not that. Uh, I have Nebraska winning 45-21. I think plenty of points are going to go on the board. And I like Steve's point there. CJ Seigel is that 28-game uh, starter on one of those sides. But they don't have a lot of experience at the safety positions. And when you have guys like Trey Palmer with his speed, I think you're going to be able to take a lot of shots downfield. Um, and I think you could be successful with it. So, um um, that's what I like uh, about this game. I think both teams are going to move the ball well. Um, but I think as much as we've hammered Nebraska off their loss and whatnot, you got to remember they had 28 points and over 400 yards through three, three quarters. So, and I don't see that dropping against an FCS opponent like this, uh, like North Dakota. So I don't know where Vegas is getting that. We'll see if they're correct. They were wrong last week, like we all were, but um, I, I see high scoring. Yeah, I do too. I just, I, I anticipate this offense putting up big numbers. I mean, we've already kind of hashed that out in the past game and North Dakota. I it's weird because I like in my gut, I just kind of feel like just, I think just going vibe check, I expect, like Greg said, a, a, um, a game going into the third quarter, whether it's one or two possessions, but at the same time, I expect a blowout in the end. Um, I kind of can't get a feel for it because North Dakota is an opponent you don't really know too much about. It's FCS and like, yeah, in theory, um, it should be a blowout. But I, I, I'm going in the end, I'm going with a 42-17 score. I don't know. I, I kind of feel at, at least midway through the second quarter, I think it's going to be closer than, than it should be. But at the same time, Nebraska came out hot on offense in the first half last week and I mean, they were rolling. They were they had the thing humming before that uh, Garcia Castaneda fumble that may have been a fumble, may have not been a fumble, but in the end they turned it over. I mean, it looks like they were headed for at worst a seventeen to three lead or seventeen ten um, or twenty one to ten lead. I think at the time, right? Was it fourteen to ten? Now that I'm uh, thinking about it, um, at the time that he fumbled. Either way, sure. either way, they were they were rolling. They had momentum. Um, and then just sort of got it zapped from them, even though they did stand tall and for, uh, force that that punt right after. Um, but I just I do think that they could establish momentum early. But um, I don't know. I'm still getting. I'm still like I'm still back and forth on what I think is going to happen. Like overall in this game, I mean, I think like I said, big offensive game through the air. I, I expect, but overall, I'm 
going with 42-17 final score, but um, not. I don't know if I'm necessarily comfortable with it, but if uh, it winds up being 42-17, then I might just zap that part out of the podcast and say, yeah, I told you guys all along it was going to be, that was going to be the score. So um, that's what was right on that one. Yeah, that's my prediction. Any final thoughts real quick before we get out of here? The final thought for me is, is like Vegas has me questioning my life. I don't, I don't see that at all. But uh, a like, lot of people have said that exact phrase before, Steve. That okay, is not good. the first time that someone said that. I am, I am totally with Jeff here. I, I look at guys like Trey Palmer, Isaiah Garcia, Casaneda, Marcus Washington, um, and I just see deep shots and crossing routes and making first-time starters in North Dakota's uh, defensive backfield, guarding it correctly, like defending it correctly. So I. I don't know. I, I think a big passing game is in store. So I will be up at up at night trying to figure out what I'm what I'm thinking and what Vegas is thinking. You, well, you've only got one more night to be up to think about it. Yeah. Um, and, and my final thought real quick is that I did, we, did, I, we did not color coordinate here today, but we are all in various shades of gray. I think uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of uh, indicative of the, the cloud around the program night right now and the vibes around the program is just kind of cloudy and gray right now. So, Steve, thank you for wearing white to brighten it yeah, up. Yeah, I was going to say, this is definitely white, but yeah. Oh, there, there's a shadow on, on your right shoulder. We, we don't need to get into this. How did we get here? What are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about a different shades of gray in our shirts. Wow, the Inside Nebraska Bowl Predictions Podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, Jeff, did you have any, any last thought? Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm thinking about it in read a fellow article this week and saying that someone a high school coach texted a fellow media member and said that with frost doing that onside kick looked like he was bored and wanted to insert himself because things were going so well how does he learn from that this week how does he insert himself into the game is it a there's a boneheaded decision like the onside kick or is it a smarter decision uh when it comes to i don't know anything else but how does Frost learn from this week to kind of, I don't know, not necessarily silence the critics, but kind of calm the waves, calm the water a little bit. How does he learn and improve from that? I, I'm, that's what I'm interested in seeing on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and that brings up another one. That brings up another one from, from me. And Zach, you already talked about it. Uh, whatever happens on Saturday, they could win by 80 points. None of it's going to matter because it's against North Dakota and everybody's still thinking about the season opening loss to Northwestern. They can blow out North Dakota and Georgia Southern. None of it's going to matter. Um, it's it's going to matter what they look like against Oklahoma and, and going forward. So unfortunately, um, yeah, I love football, but the, the end of Saturday's game, it's not going to matter anything. Um, everybody's still going to be looking at the program and, and the direction that everybody thinks it's headed right now. And, and Scott Frost, um, I guess future with the program, no matter no matter a big winner or not. So, and at the same time, the game result may not make much of a difference. Be paid attention to, but I still see this as this is their first step. And this this iteration of the the Nebraska football program, this is their first step and their last chance to show us that it's different, or to show us that things can change. They need mm -hmm. to come out and establish. They need to come out and dominate this game and sort of leave no doubt that at least their their mentality is all in the right place and that they're all moving in the right direction and that at least they can bounce back against and do something that they're expected to do and handle an inferior opponent because 
like Jeff sort of alluded to that um, I've labeled it the onside kick game and anyone, I know a lot of Nebraska fans double as Kansas City Chiefs fans. And um, I'm a Chiefs fan, been, been diehard since I was nine years old and just embarrassing playoff loss after embarrassing playoff loss or heartbreaker. Um, so much so that the, the games were given a nickname. I mean, the, the 38 to 10 game, the no punt game, the no touchdown game, the offsides game. Um, and for Nebraska, that lost Northwestern is the onside kick game. And I mean, five, 10, 15 years from now, that's what anyone's going to, that's what, if you, anyone remembers that game, if you're a non-Nebraska fan, that's what people are going to remember that game for. That decision is sort of in a national spotlight and, and locally too, that's going to, uh, to hover around this program the rest of the season. And it's their choice to decide, are we going to let that, that decision, that game, that turning point are we going to let that define our season actually? And then things just continue to go downhill. Are we going to fight back? Um, and Casey Thompson, I think is the one leading the way of we'll be fine and um, trying to um, sort of keep things optimistic and moving forward, but we will see. And Saturday, I think that's the, the biggest thing for me is just to see how, what the mentality is, how they come out and, and rebound. But uh, we will, we will see on Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Nebraska kicks off against North Dakota. It'll be my first time in Memorial Stadium for a game and really looking forward to it. And I know these guys are as well. So for Steve Marek and Greg Smith and Jeff Ekstrom, I'm Zach Carpenter at Inside Nebraska. And uh, we encourage you to sign up for Nebraska, our, our site, nebraska.rivals.com, and subscribe to this YouTube channel, the Inside Nebraska uh, inside Nebraska YouTube page. So we'll be back here again Saturday with more written content, more uh, digital reaction with videos and podcasts. So we uh, we hope you join us. And until then, I uh, will guess we'll see what happens. So we'll see you on Saturday.